0: So we're in a month of miracles. We're calling it March Miracles. That's the name of our series. Everybody say miracles. Come on, say I believe. I believe. And miracles. We started last week, our first part of our series. We were talking about literally how John, in the book of John, in the Gospel of John, he pointed to seven signs. He says, Jesus did so many other miraculous miracles, but these signs were recorded so that you would believe, that you would have his nature. And we went down and we picked one of the seven that John honed in at, and actually all four of the Gospels covered, where Jesus literally turned, uh, turned uh, the, the fish and, and, and the loaves and he multiplied it and it fed all the people. And had 12 baskets full. We talked about how God can't, he can't do a miracle in you until he breaks you so that he can multiply you. We talked about what we saw in those passages of scripture and the whole DNA of who God is. And our whole concept was that God does do miracles and you and I can walk in that, but we've got to learn his DNA. We've got to learn his culture. And that's really what we're going to do even further into today's lesson. My goal is that you begin to learn the culture of Christ. When I, when I go to Japan or when I go to Brazil or when I go to other countries of the world, Africa, it's a different culture. I don't really get it, and, and, and I'm trying to figure it out, you know, when I'm in the Asian countries, and I'm taking off my shoes to go in their homes, and, and, and the way they always, you know, hey, 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 hey. and they're always doing that back and forth to me, and I'm like, whoa, hey, and uh, it, but it's their culture, but after I've been there a couple days before I know it, it's amazing, especially in the Latin cultures, I begin to try to roll my R's in English, you know, I start, start like, man, I'm so glad you're here, bro, and I'm so glad the prophet's like the, you, and before I know it, I'm like, and they're looking at me like, bro, it doesn't work, don't, don't do that, and, but what, the reason why is because I'm trying to connect with their culture. Just because you've gotten saved doesn't mean your culture has shifted. And so what has to happen is you and I have to shift our culture to where we become miraculous folks just like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So we're going to, today we're going to jump into re-understanding some of his culture. But I want to end out with this service that by the time we get finished, that you have a checklist of the common denominators that we see in the miracles so to you and i to move in miracles what are the common denominators in scripture and so with that being said we cannot we cannot go any further without understanding that there are some key pieces and i would compare it to this when jamie and i went to get married um I wanted to marry her But you know I was on a youth pastor salary I was making $800 a month I had to tithe 80 of that Or I got to tithe 80 of that And then uh, the church I uh, had a little apartment That they let me let me live in It was $350 a month So uh, by the time I paid my little beeper bill Y'all don't know what that is and By the time I paid my beeper bill My health club membership and, uh, and I put gas on the car And paid for my insurance I was living on $100 a month Come on somebody And so I, I, when, when we were uh, dating and stuff I knew I was going to marry this woman So I started trying to save my pennies And I saved up $1,500 to buy a ring and so i went i thought that was a lot of money for me man that was like a billion dollars for anybody else and i went into that jewelry we had a little small town we lived in and i went to that local jeweler and i said listen to me i got my money and i want the biggest fattest finest ring i want her to walk through the she won't even be able to lift her hands and worship she just it's gonna be so heavy and he said to me he said how much you got and i showed him he said son let me teach you something about diamonds he said "Bigger's not always better hallelujah He said, let me explain something. There are four C's when it comes to diamonds. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Cut, color, clarity, and carrot. And he said, listen, just because it's a big carrot... Doesn't mean the color is any good. You can have a big old rock and it's not worth, it's not worth any more than the gravel out in the parking lot. He said what you got to have is you got to have good color. And you got to have quality cut. And he says it's got to have good clarity when you look down in it. And he said, and then of course obviously the carrot makes the value. But all four of these create the value of that diamond. I would say to you that there are four critical facets of the supernatural, of miracles in our lives. And I'd like to kind of show you those and kind of break those down for you a little bit because I don't believe that all you want to do is just throw your hands on people and try to knock them down on the ground. I don't think that miracles are limited to one facet. I think there are multiple facets and I think we can grow in each of these facets and we can become better and better and stronger until we're seeing miracles on a daily basis. Isn't that what you want in your life? I do not want to live a boring Christian life. The reason why most of my friends will not serve God is because someone has presented to them, and it ain't me, a boring, dead religious duty. Jesus did not come to give us dead religious duty. The King of Glory wants to be our best friend, and He wants us to be able to live the way He lived. And when Jesus walked in the room, cancer left. When Jesus walked in the room, the demonic left. When Jesus came into your presence, you felt the power of God surging through your veins. And I don't know about you, but that's who I want to be. That's how i want to live and so whatever hinders it i want it out the way so i can do like jesus did i can be like jesus was i can smell like him talk like him act like him bark like whatever he did i want to be like that so with that being said the first facet write these down there's gonna be good notes today the first facet of the supernatural is faith everybody say faith come on say faith i'm gonna say like a preacher say faith all right, close enough. All right, so let's jump straight, straight in to Matthew chapter 9. In this passage, we're going to look at the two blind men. In Matthew chapter 9, it says, And Jesus went on from there. Two blind men followed him. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, calling out, Have mercy on my son of David! Exclamation mark. Verse 28, When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked them, do you, And he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. And then he touched their eyes and said, "According to your faith. say it out loud, according to your faith will it be done to you." And their sight was restored. Now can I paint that picture for you a little bit? They don't live in our environment. They live in a low old dusty dirt type road town. And, and Jesus comes into their town or into their area. And these two blind men know that Jesus is coming. How? Because they can't see him because they hear everybody talking about it. And so, wait a minute. The Messiah is here. This guy could heal us. And so they begin to cry out, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't even give them the time of day. And he goes on inside. Now, I picture that he continues walking through the streets where the crowds are at, and he gets on down the road a little bit down in the neighborhood, and he goes into this guy's house. Let me ask you something. How did two blind men end up in the house with Jesus when they can't see where they're going? How did they get there? How do they know where he went? Let me tell you what they probably were doing. They were grappling around, grappling around. Hey, excuse me. Hey, do you know? Hey, 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 are you Jesus? No, you're not. Where did he go? Where is he at? This way? Okay, can you help me get there? Oh, my God. Oh, golly, what's that thing right there? Hey, Jesus, where's Jesus? Can you get me there? Listen, here's the problem why most people never see the supernatural, because none of us are willing to go the extra mile to get a hold to it. What happened with these guys, they didn't get upset that Jesus didn't heal them when the moment they cried out. Most of us, he didn't heal my daughter when I prayed and so I him I'm out of this thing friend let me tell you something these guys kept pushing they kept getting persistent they walked they tripped over things they skipped their knees they got back up we're going to get to Jesus we're going to get to Jesus and when they get to Jesus and they finally get in the house they're banging on the how do they get in the house they're pushing until they get there and when they get there he asked them do you really believe I can do this and they said yes and he said according to your faith see see The supernatural really is according to our faith. But faith is developed through persistence. Faith is developed through trust. Faith is developed. Look at this next passage. We see this passage in in, uh, Matthew chapter 13. Jesus goes home to where he grew up. And he's walking through the towns. And look what it says in verse 58. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of. Because they lacked. Because their lack of. If you look at one of the other gospels, they literally start complaining. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's, Je- that's Jesus. Man, I had that dude. In, I had that dude in in, in, uh, in elementary, man. That's just Jesus. He, he, he ain't no Messiah. <laughs> he ain't gonna heal nobody. Don't we know his sisters? Yeah, don't they work at the Dairy Queen? That's right. She sure does. I mean, she ain't I know her man <laughs> Oh my God Yeah she, she, Her brother ain't the Messiah I can tell you that right now And as he comes into the town He's done miracles everywhere else Healing the sick Raising the But when he gets into this one town He can't do hardly any miracles Because of their lack of Faith See here's the difference The two blind men said Yes you can do it I have pushed through my pain I have pushed I am so determined To get to you Because I know You can do it All the other guys are like You know what I don't know. I don't think he can Why? Because familiarity breeds contempt. You know, some of you have are fiery and excited about God because you've been pushing through. You know, some of you, you've been around Jesus so long that you've lost respect for him. You know who he is because you've been in the church since you was a little kid. And so you, I seen all that. I know about that. Pfft, that's all fake. I seen that one preacher do this and one preacher do that. And before you know it, you've lost respect. And as a result, you don't have great faith. You have little faith. So let's look at that for just a second. Here in this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 8. Verse 10, we're still talking about faith, one of the great facets of the supernatural and the miracles. It says this in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 10. And Jesus is talking to the crowd because in this moment they have come to him. The Jewish leaders have come to him and said, hey, listen, there's this Roman centurion. He's very favorable to us. He's very kind to us. He helps us build our synagogues. And, 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 and we really feel like you should help him. Oh, you know, Jesus is the Messiah. He don't have to help anybody. He don't want to help, especially the religious leaders of the day. But he says, okay, let's go. And, 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 and they come to him. They said, listen, his daughter, excuse me, he has a servant that's dying. And he's asked that you come and heal him. And so Jesus said, yeah, I'll go and heal him. As they're walking that way, another servant comes running and says, Jesus, my master, the centurion, says, listen, don't even, don't even come. You don't even have to come. In fact, he said this. He said, give you this message. He's a man in authority And he's a man under authority And he says this You don't even have to come You just speak the word And it would be done And Jesus Picking up right here in verse 10 I tell you the truth I have not found anyone in Israel With such great faith Say it with me With such great faith this is a Roman. This Joker's not even a Jew. You and I have been grafted into the people of God, and this guy is not even one of those. He doesn't even—he doesn't even know the Torah. He's never studied the law. All he is is a typical Roman centurion who who has these false gods that he's grown up serving and loving and caring for. But he's had this interaction with the people of God. Has a little bit of faith that there really is a God. That he hears about the Messiah has come, and he says, "Listen to me. You tell that man he doesn't even have to show up because I recognize him." That's the great power, the king of glory. All he has to do is speak the word. And Jesus stops and looks around. He says, oh my, oh, 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 in me. I can't believe what he just said. Oh, 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 I don't even believe a word of this. Can I tell y'all something? Let me tell y'all something. In all of Israel, Simon, oh, Judas, Thomas, I, I haven't found anyone with such, say it with me, great faith. Great faith. Well, let's compare that now to another passage. Look down in Matthew chapter 8 with me, verse 26. The disciples are with Jesus in a boat. Jesus has been preaching all weekend. He's exhausted. He's tired. He just lays down in the bow of the boat. As they're kind of crossing the lake, a great storm comes up. It seems like every time they get in the boat, a great storm comes up. I think I'd walk everywhere. And all of a sudden, the waves are crashing down. They're trying to get the water out of the boat. They're bailing it out. They're trying to row, and it's crashing. And they start fearing for their life. They get so ticked off that Jesus is in the bow of the boat. Like, how... Can you speak? We're about to die. And so they wake him and tell him, don't you care whether we live or die? And this is what Jesus replies. Verse 26. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. He gets up. What? What? (sighs) You of little faith. Everybody say, great faith. faith. Little faith. You have little faith. Stop. Cricket, cricket, it's gone. And in that moment, I'm sure he looked at him like, I've been with you how long? You've seen me heal the sick, raise the dead. And you got little faith. Can I tell you something? You can have great faith and you can have little faith all throughout your life. What I have learned is this is that faith can be built, it can be stolen. It cannot be bought, it cannot be borrowed, but it can be built. You and I have to learn to build our faith. One of the great men of valor in my era, when I was coming up in ministry, brother by the name of Kenneth Hagan, we considered him kind of the father of faith for our generation. When he was just a child, he was dying, I think, of tuberculosis or some disease. And God came in his room, an angel came in and touched him and healed him. And he then went on a journey to understand faith from that point forward and really taught a lot of us what it is to build our faith. You can build your faith just like you can lose your faith. See, the problem with us is that we've got faith working against our doubt. Each and every one of us have faith and doubt all at the same time fighting against each other. I'll give you a great example of that. When I was first saved and on fire for God, man, I was laying hands on people. They were getting healed. It was so awesome. And I had this girl. I became a youth pastor. And this girl called and said, Pastor Alan, my grandmother died. And and I just know that God's going to use you to come raise her from the dead. And I said, yes, I am. Hallelujah. Ha! And So I got my car and I drove over there Oh God you're going to do it Praise God be be, 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 Peanut butter jelly And I'm driving over there man And I get out of my car Because this little girl's got faith I got faith I come walking in the room As soon as I walk into this little Catholic place With all her relatives sitting there They've all eyes turned to the back of the room Where I walked in That casket was up front And they all turned and looked at me like shh, shh, What's he doing here? I walked in, I love my god I started walking down front and I could hear him. What's he doing here? What he thinks he's gonna who's, who invited him? And that little girl who was supposed to meet me there, it's her grandma, she ain't nowhere to be found. It's me and all the demons and a dead woman. And man, with faith and power, I walked up to that casket. I stood over it, and I, I had it all, planted out, my, all planned out in my mind. I'm going to reach down in that thing, grab her by her hand, and jerk her up. Come on, in Jesus' name. I stood there, man. I could hear him talking. And all of a sudden, in that moment, I went, God bless you. God bless you all. Thank you all for letting me come and say a little prayer. I had great faith. that turned into little faith in that moment. But I want to encourage you that you can build your faith. Because see, some of you have been through some things that didn't work out the way you thought it would. And so now you've got a wound in your faith. And so when we talk about healing, you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I prayed for my cousin and he died. I don't know if I believe that. Or I was at a service where this guy was pushing people down, calling it glory. And those same people are all devils. To this day, I'm the only one serving God. And so you have a wound in your faith. So what has to happen is you've got to allow God to help you Rebuild your faith because there is great faith to be had by each and every one of us. I'd like to illustrate, uh, Jonathan, if you guys can help me. I'd like to illustrate, or Josiah, how you can build your faith. Anybody in this room play uh, high school basketball? Who played high school basketball? Come on, be bold and courageous. Any, any, any young fellas up in here play? Any young ladies? Play, what, no fellas? Fellas right there? You played some high school basketball, bro? Okay. Come on up here, man. Right there. I saw your hand. Right there. Right there. Yeah, come on. Come on up here. You played high school basketball? That's good. Did anybody play college basketball? Anybody play a little bit of university ball? a little b-ball in his out. Come on up here, bro. God bless you. Come on, man. Don't be scared. Jump up here quickly. We're going to use you. Look, you even got the Air Jordans on. Tell the truth. What are you wearing there? Yeah. He's a baller. Shake him and bake him. Where'd you play? Where'd you play basketball at, bro? At at advantage? Yeah, you still play advantage. Okay. You're junior in high school, right? You're playing basketball right now. Yeah. What position do you play? Small forward. Yeah, me too. I actually played Big Four on a midget team. It was amazing. <laughs> Dominic. Yeah, Unbelievable. So, so, how long have you been playing basketball? Uh, like six years. Six, 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 <laughs> it's scary up here, ain't it? Come on. Own it with me, baby. I got to do it every day. Thank you very much. Tell me your name Abe. Abe? Yeah. Like A B E? Abe? Abe? Yeah. Like Abraham Lincoln, Abe? Wow. Have you ever told a lie? Did you cut down a tree? All right, this is Abe, everybody. Everybody say, hey, Abe. Abe in the house. So, uh, so all right, so listen, I'm going to do a little quick competition. Let's see who we can get to uh, fight again. Hey, Pastor Jonathan, come help us up here. Come on, PJ. Pastor Jonathan. You, you beat Pastor Jonathan every Wednesday. Oh, it's too easy. Okay, so Abe plays. Pastor Jonathan, You did you play uh, basketball in high school? Uh, I had an extensive career of no games. <laughs> extensive career of no, no games. games. No. Okay, so my, you, you never play basketball. My body's not built for basketball. I get tired easy. You get tired easy. His body's not built for basketball. Okay, with that being said. All right, so listen, let's do a quick little competition. We're going to do 30 seconds on the screen. Come on right here, bro. We'll see how many you can make. Step over here, Jonathan, out of the way. All right, so uh, Abe, as soon as you grab them, I'm going to say go, and we're going to see how many you can make in 30 seconds. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three, go. Gay. come on. Abe. Hey, oh, one. got to count it out ourselves. One. Two, three, four, five, five, 5, 5, still 5, still 5, 5, 6, 7, 8, nine, 10, he's in a rhythm, 10, 10, 11, 11, 12, 12, 13, four. he had it released, it was 14, all right, Pastor Jonathan, step up to the microphone. Wow, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, fourteen. Now, gar- now, granted, this, this kid's a professional high school basketball player. And Pastor Jonathan is a heavyset Hispanic kid growing up who did not play basketball. All my insecurities coming back. <laughs> He didn't play basketball. What did you play? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> all right, 30 seconds. Here we go. Pastor Jonathan, you got how many did you make, Abe? 14. Abe made 12. There we go. 15. How many did you get, Abe? 14. How, I know, it'll be 20 by the time we get finished with this. Thing. All right, all right, here we go on the count of three. One, two, three, One, two, two. 2, 12, 12, 12, 13, 12, he fell apart at the end. All right, come stand up here. I want you to stand here with me, but you can, you can sit him back right there. Okay, so Pastor Jonathan, a grown man, may I add, and Gabe, just a junior in high school. Junior, uh, junior in high school, Abe, I kept calling you Gabe, sorry about that, but. So, Babe here, <coughs> I, mean, I know your name. All right, so Thade is a good kid, but he's for the last six years, what's he been doing? He's been playing basketball. Yeah. Pastor Jonathan probably played a couple pickup games here or there back in his day. But what has happened, he knows the game, he watches it on TV. His wife's favorite team is the Dallas Mavericks. Dav- Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> And so they go to games He knows the sport He knows the ins and outs of it He's experienced it But the problem is He's lost any kind of power That he would have had in the past Because he's got out of a routine Gabe on the other hand Every day he's shooting baskets Every day he's shooting baskets Every day he's shooting baskets As a result He's got a rhythm And a flow going He's got the ability to make a shot Pastor Jonathan has the ability within him But it's not worked out in this scenario Why? Because Gabe is doing it every day Every day Every day The reason why some people are moving in miracles because every day they're activating their faith. Every day they're walking in faith. Every day they're building up the faith opposed to, uh, I'm, 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 it's, it's a horrible moment. Now I'm going to try to activate faith that I haven't activated ever. I haven't activated since I was a kid that I haven't played since I was a young man and friend Let me tell you something. This is the breakdown while faith isn't working for some of you Because the only time you try to access it is in a terrible a terrible situation And instead of you and I learning every day, come on, we're going to activate I'm going to activate it in this i'm going to activate it in my schoolwork. I'm going to activate it in driving to work. I'm going to activate faith day in and day out And what it does is gives you a rhythm so that you can build to great faith instead of having Little faith over here with Pastor John. All right, give him a hand. They did so good. And so, faith, I got it, thanks. So, faith is the first of those facets of the supernatural. You ready for the second one? Say yes. Second one is compassion. Compassion. And I like to connect you to what Jesus experienced in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. It says this, and says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had, say it with me, compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Look at John chapter 11, verse 33. This is where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, one of the greatest miracles in the gospels. It says, and when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and trouble I would call and troubled I would call that compassion where have you laid him he asked come and see Lord they replied at verse 35 Jesus wept the compassion that he had for this family and the situation that they're now experiencing and the loss of their brother and then he said to the and the Jews said he saw look at how much he loved him they saw the compassion oozing out of him let's look at another passage quickly Matthew chapter 20 verse 34 and Jesus had compassion on them and he touched their eyes immediately they received their sight and followed him where he healed the blind folks here look again in Mark chapter 1 verse 41 Jesus where he heals the leper filled with everybody say it compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Can I tell you something? One of the critical facets of the supernatural is the compassion of God flowing through me to you. This is where most of the breakdown happens. I see these guys that want to be on TV and these guys that want to minister in big crusades, but they've lost a love for the people. They don't really love them. They want to build up their ministry. They don't really care what that person's going through or what they've been through. They just want to be able to have another notch on the I did that. We had 2,500 miracles this weekend. Hallelujah. That's all fine and dandy, but it's the compassion that motivated Jesus to do the supernatural. He hurt because they hurt. Do you know why? We have folks who are confused and difficult situations because no one will come alongside of them and walk it out with them. Jesus said, walk a mile in their shoes. Go a little further with them. Listen, if you come along somebody who's struggling with their sexuality, homosexuality, or whatever it may be, instead of being in the church, they say, "Ah, I tell you right now, bro, you just need to get free from that brother how about we come alongside of them and as you're alongside of them trying to figure out what they've been through and how they've been wounded how they've been lied to how they've been confused and come alongside of and walk with them a little bit compassion will start stirring up inside of you and then you'll start seeing supernatural things happen because of compassion number one faith number two compassion faith it's kind of like the engine of the car it pushes it propels it but compassion are the wheels that move it forward you can have an engine sitting there, but there are no wheels for that whole thing to move forward. And the compassion is what pushes it forward. They say of Mother Teresa that she was the most compassionate person on the planet. In fact, I had a friend that had an opportunity to visit with her. And as she walked him through, all the dying people in their beds, they're in Calcutta and her, her little monastery thing, whatever they call them. And as she walked him through, she looked at my friend she said, you know what? She said, it's a shame. They didn't have any dignity in life. Shouldn't we at least give them dignity in death? As she bound up their wounds and loved on them, the compassion of God. And then she began to talk about the miracles of ones who had been healed. Come on now. Because compassion, compassion is what allows the supernatural to move forward. It comes out of compassion, not out of selfish ambition, not out of I wanna be somebody, I wanna, I want everyone to proclaim my name. And that's why you and I had difficulty with certain ones. We said, uh huh, that don't seem right. But the reason why is because they lack compassion. And let me tell you something. We see in Scripture that Jesus was a man of deep compassion. And he would weep at the loss of a man. Weep because he knew the dynamic that was now going to happen to this family. The the man of the family. Their parents had already probably passed away. And and literally last was the head of this family. Now he's dead. And these two girls now have no husband and no brother. To be their oversight, their head in Jewish culture, culture, everything is going to be taken from them. They're going to literally either end up in prostitution or have to be cared for by another family. And he understood the pain of it and he says and he wept he wept over the situation it was tear to his heart listen you want to see the supernatural start loving people again start walking alongside people Isn't that good say yes let's move on let's go to the third piece the third facet of the supernatural and that is authority everybody say authority, authority. look at the book of titus chapter 2 and verse 15 says it says encourage and rebuke With all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. Colossians 2.10 And you have been given fullness in Christ. Who is the head over every power and authority. Jesus the head over every power and authority. And we've been given fullness in Christ. I told this story first service. I told it a couple months ago. I'll tell it again. There was times where I, uh, you know, when I travel and I'm different places. And I was in Guatemala, in Guatemala City uh, a year or so ago. And, and, uh, and, and you know, I, they were, the, the conference uh, that night was starting at, at 7 o'clock. And, and they were supposed to come pick me up at 6.30. Well, six 7.30 they hadn't gotten me yet and so you know typical latin culture sometimes some just and i saw so and so i'm waiting on that and the little dude finally shows up in this little beat-up car and i jump in i'm like dude we got to go and he doesn't know english and i don't know spanish and so i'm just saying rapido 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 with well, everything i can remember from door you know i'm like let's go let's go that's all I know. And so and so I'm pushing him, pushing him. And, and so, man, we get to the main boulevard, and it's locked down because it's, it's you know, it's the, it, it, it's the evening traffic, and it's all locked down. It's gridlock. And so he starts taking this side road. We come around the corner, and all of a sudden, and there are about six cars ahead of us. We're dead stop, and some guy is backing his truck out, and he can't get it in and out, and we're sitting there dead stop. All the guys in front of us, man, they start going down in the ditch and going around him and so we get to moving up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on, baby, do what they do, do what they do. And all of a sudden, right as we come around, there's this little guy steps out and he steps out and he goes, stop! Like that. And, uh, and, 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 and my little guy goes, Arr! I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, policia. And this little dude He's about 100 pounds, soaking wet. He's got a little t-shirt on that says policia. He don't have a hat. He don't have a badge. He don't have a gun. He don't have, he don't have nothing. All these guys look at policia. And he's like, stop. I'm like, dude, dude, that... He bought that at Walmart or wherever you buy here in Guatemala. That's not, he, he's not a policeman. Go around him. He's like, no, pastor, no, pastor. I have to wait. I have to wait. Policia. I'm like, dude, he's just one little dude, bro. Take, he ain't even got a walkie-talkie. Take off. Let's roll. We're late. He, no, pastor, no, pastor. No, 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 pastor. No, he cannot do it. He can't do it. It's bad. No, pastor, he can't do it. And I'm so mad. And this little guy stands there like this. And he walks this guy up. And we're sitting there. And, man, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And he's standing there. Like this. And I'm so mad. But let me understand. I want you to understand something. That little dude, he wasn't powerful. That little dude, he couldn't have stopped me. He and his 10 friends couldn't stop me. He sure couldn't stop this little car that we were in. But the reason why my little driver stopped, the little guy with me stopped, is because that little guy, he didn't represent himself. He represented all the police of Guatemala City. He was standing there not in his own authority, but in the authority given him by all the backing of a heaven is behind you. When you say no, it's not because you're saying no. I represent the king of kings and the lord of lords. You may look at me as a little skinny little, little dude with a police shirt on. No, 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 no. no. I represent the king of glory. And when I represent him, you better not go around me or you going to find yourself in trouble. This is the breakdown why most Christians don't walk in the authority of God. It's because they oh, you know, I sinned last week. Well, who didn't? God bless you. Keep moving well you know I just I don't I didn't go to Bible school well who did who cares stand in the authority of Jesus Christ the fullness of Christ you live in the fullness and all authority was given him every principality and power is under his feet and you and I need to stand in that and declare you will not cause my kids to have nightmares in the middle of the night I have stood over my child's bed and said no more seizures in Jesus name I take authority over you not by my own power but by the power of who I represent and in that moment pow those things begin to change and begin to turn. Listen, I love all you little white people, but you let your kids get away with murder. I've never seen anything like it. You know, you come home, your little kid's laying up on the couch eating Cheetos. They don't even get up to hug you. Not my black friends. Not my black mamas. They walk in and say, hold up. Hold up just a second. Let me tell you something. When I walk in, I pay for them chips. When I walk in, you're going to get your little hiney up off the couch. You're going to come give mama a hug and say, thank you for the chips. That's what you're going to do. Because see, See, faith is built, compassion is gained as I walk beside them, but authority is earned. If you're in the military or have ever been in the military, you know when that colonel walks in a room, doesn't matter. You stand to attention because he earned those stripes. Because he was there when you was, wasn't even alive. Because he was working and fighting and, and serving. And he, and he has the right to stand there in authority. And you must, you must respond to that because he is in that position. Let me explain something to you. You pay for that house. You live in that house. You get, let those kids live in that You need to teach them to respect your authority. You earned it. And they need to know that so that they one day can stand in their authority knowing that they have served. You were there in the middle of the night when they had 103 fever, laying your life down, not getting a lick of sleep, having to go to work the next morning. You worked those double shifts so that they could have that bicycle for Christmas. Come on, somebody. You earned that authority. If you don't earn authority, then you're nothing more than those little, you know, I love love all you guys with your little little yip-yap dogs, you know. That's all you are. But when you earn authority, you can stand. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You just say, hey, that needs to go. Always get, always, 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 I love all these little young preachers, you know, they'll get up there, ah, and I command you, ah, ah. like, why are you screaming at him, he's not deaf, just tell the devil to go, but he, they don't know their authority, and when you have authority, you've earned it, see, I have the right to say over you, you will not die. You will live and be blessed. Why? Because I've earned it. Because I've been up at this church praying in the middle of the night when you were sleeping. Because I was out there cutting those trees down by myself half the time so that you could see through to the parking lot to know there was a church here. Because I scrubbed those toilets all all throughout the week. And and I've replaced those pieces on those toilets that were busted. And so I have a right to stand here in my authority and say, hey, you will not. You will not be overcome by divorce. You will not be overcome by perversion. You will stand in the power of God. And I can speak that over you. Why? Because I have authority. Because I've earned it. You earn authority in people's lives because you've served them. The reason why people don't have authority is because they keep bouncing from church to church and environment to environment, relationship to relationship. But you think about that mama who's been there for 50 years in your life and when she says, this is what we're going to do or that papa who was always there didn't run off with any other women. When he says, this is what we're going to do, you say, yes sir, that's what we're going to do. Or that boss who was there early, stayed late You've worked for his company now for ten years. When he says something, you say we're going to do that because he earned that authority. You can't, you can't, you can't have authority that you haven't earned. And that's where the problem is. That is that everybody wants to jump to the top, wants to start casting out devils, and you haven't even you haven't even served in the kids' ministry yet. Mm-hmm. And you had to be faithful in little things so that you can be ruler of a much. That's where authority comes from. So you get in a house. People ask me all the time. So how did you get to traveling all over the world and blah blah blah? How'd you start doing that? I said, well, I didn't. I was at my church and I started a small group when I was 15, 16 years old, we had about 50 kids in it. And then I went to Bible school and they hired me when I graduated school because I had more kids in my small group than they had in the youth group. So they were like, we better hire him. And I just kept serving and, and, and it, it, I'd have them at our house every night. And Jamie and I was casting out devils and praying for them and teaching them how to be men and women of God. And before you know it, we did that for about 10 years and everybody came around and was like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. you got young people who can pray? Like, yeah, they learn from us. That young person just cast the devil out of me. That's awesome. You needed it. God bless you. How did that happen? Uh, we've just been investing our lives here, and so then everybody's like, "Will you come teach us?" And then we come teach us. Before I knew it, I was traveling all over the world. Why? Because I gained authority in serving. That's where it comes from. You. You, you, you literally earn it. Isn't that good? Say yes. And here's the fourth facet of the supernatural. That And there are probably other facets in Scripture, but this is, these are the top four, I would say. And the fourth one is courage. Everybody say courage. courage. Come on, say it courageously. Say courage. courage. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. is a beautiful passage. This is the disciples. Jesus has died, resurrected, baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And it says in verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Courage has nothing to do with your education. Courage has nothing to do with your, with, with your life experience. Authority does. Faith does. But courage doesn't. See, courage is simply a response in the moment that it's needed. Courage, in fact... So I would picture it like this. I would say faith is the engine pumping out the power. Compassion are the wheels of the car that literally move us forward. The transmission is what connects the faith and the compassion. That that authority connects it. And literally, that transmission, that engine puts out that power, that transmission then pushes that power to the wheels. But I would say that literally, that courage is the steering wheel that directs it. So you can have courage, excuse me, you can have faith, You can have compassion and and you can have authority, and all you're doing is going around in circles. And I've met people like this. They've graduated Bible school. They get all the theology right. They got all, but they won't do anything courageous, and they just keep going in circles, talking about. A lot of times they teach classes, by the way, and they talk about what happened back in the day. But there's no other courageous things happening in their life anymore. Listen, we should be courageous people. We should be the people of God. Jesus never backed down for a fight or walked away from it. He courageously walked right up to him and said, hey, let's get this done. Let's get you free right here and right now. He didn't, no, in the book of Acts, you don't see any of these guys backing down from the religious leaders of the day. They just went right forth and they said, we must do what Jesus told us to do. There needs to be acts of courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the ability to overcome your fear to do something courageous. That's what courage is. It's responding to the need at hand. And listen, courage is so needed in the church today. Courage without compassion gives you delusionment. (laughs) Think about that one for a while. Courage without compassion gives you delusion. (laughs) Hallelujah! And we're all like, bro, you're delusional. You're not doing anything. You're just spouting off. It's amazing. How about this one? Faith without authority does nothing but make a lot of noise. Faith without hallelujah. I just have faith for it. Hallelujah. I just have faith for it. Hallelujah. Yeah, but you haven't served. You have no rights. And so nobody's receiving from you. And you're just making a lot of noise. Rah, 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 rah. So again, faith is built. Compassion is gained. Authority is earned. And courage is exhibited. You've got to exhibit courage. It's exhibited. Talk about it all you want, but go move on it. Go do it right now. You need to meet with somebody right now. Go meet with them. You say, I'm scared to do it. That's right. Just respond. Go meet with them. Be courageous. Have compassion. Interact with them in a way that something supernatural can happen. When the church starts walking in the facets of the supernatural, when we start taking ourselves and building ourselves from little faith to great faith, crazy things are going to happen. When you and I stop being so critical and judgmental, and we start walking a mile in some people's shoes and just loving them, right where that supernatural things are going to happen. When you and I start realizing who we are in Christ and stop being, oh, you know, I, you know, I blew it. And so we've got, somehow we've got this, you know, plus minus system. That Until we build up a lot of pluses with Jesus, he can't use us. That is the most ludicrous, there's nowhere in scripture. In fact, it says in scripture, when I'm weak, he is strong. In my weakness, his strength is made perfect. How about that one? So that's not a license to go out and be a pervert and then ask God to heal people. His integrity and character, whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. He won't, those those principles apply. But at the same time, the supernatural, the miracles, what we're believing for, can be strengthened in our lives. You don't everybody's waiting for someone to lay hands on them and anoint them to do miracles. Friend, you can build faith. You can acquire, obtain more mercy and compassion. Listen, you can stand in your authority. And you can exhibit the courage of God right here, right now. And this time, you don't have to get a ministry. You don't have to get a dot-com behind you. You don't have to be pulled up on the stage. God can use you right now in your everyday life. That's what real Christianity looks like. Would you stand with me all across the room? I want to pray for you. We're going to minister the love of God, love of God and the truth of the Lord to you here today. Has this word helped you today? Say yes. yes. Thank you. I, thanks for saying yes because I asked you to wasn't necessarily a real response. It was just, i don't do what the pastor wants. I want you to close your eyes with me for just a moment. Let the spirit of the Lord minister to us. Today we're talking about the miraculous. The four facets that I see in scripture. There may be others. There may be some theologians in this room who say, well, you forgot about this persistence or this one," And those probably are true. But these are the, the big four that I see. That you and I can actually grow in. The goal of this church, this body of believers is not to just get you free but to keep you in freedom to grow you and we got to keep growing so I challenge you every Sunday every time we're in small group we challenge one another so that we can grow and help one another stand beside each other with every head bowed and every eye closed as you, as you stand here today with us we're thinking about the miraculous we're believing for it I'm declaring it I can stand in authority and declare it and the reason why is because I paid for it I paid for it earned I've served you I've loved you so I can speak to the heavenlies over you and say you will not hurt these guys anymore. I can stand beside you and agree with you and say that wayward son is going to come back see it be a miraculous thing. I can believe with you. In our authority, we can stand together and we can say no more, no more, no more night terrors, no more of that stuff. We can demand that the blind spots that you don't even know about to be revealed to you so you can start walking proper financial... Security, you can start literally seeing and having right relationships. God will reveal these things. We can do that as a body of believers. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to think about these four facets. What's the first one that comes to your heart that it's time to to grow in? Have you have you lost faith because of some things that you experienced? Did you see some mishandling, some some abuse in Christendom cause you to lose faith in God and people and the supernatural? Could you trust the Lord again? Could you just ask this, so Lord, help me build that again? I, I have little faith. Have you been around church so much? Have you been around Christian folks so much and so much ministry, you think you know it all and now really you might have some faith, but you don't have great faith? Maybe Maybe you've lost compassion. You've been watching so much of the debates on TV about this person saying this and that and it, it, now you're mad at people you don't even know. Would you ask the Lord to give you compassion again? Would you... Would you desire to walk in somebody's shoes and love them the way Jesus did? He came to this earth to be amongst us, to feel our pain and walk in and out of it with us. Have you you lost your authority to even know who you are in Christ? Have you lost that? Do you know what that is? Listen, friend, you, you can gain that. You start serving. You start being faithful in something and you'll have authority in that position. It's just a matter of time. You just Be faithful. The Lord's challenged some folks in some courageous acts here today. I saw it in the spirit when I was praying for you this weekend. And I knew God was going to challenge you to respond Encourage courage. Something's coming to your heart. Somebody you need to call. Somebody you need to sit down with. Somebody you need to pray over. He's been telling it to you. The moment you respond, I promise you, you're going to see miracles. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me pray over you. Father, I pray for every man and woman in this room. Which one? Which of these four one that you want to focus on, guys? Just go ahead and start praying or say, Lord, give me more faith. Lord, help me with my faith. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, every man and woman in this room could walk out of this room with a plan, a plan of action, how to build, how to strengthen, how to grow. Father, I thank you right now. It's not some obscure thing. It literally, Lord, you've laid out in Scripture what you're like, what your nature is like. Lord God, we can, we, we can become like you. We can take your principles and and apply them to our everyday walk. And, Lord God, we can see the supernatural. It's not some obscure thing reserved for those who are special. And the rest of us are just peons. We're just little congregants. No, sir. No, sir. We rebuke that lie. Every man and woman in this room, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils. We claim that passage in the book of Mark. These signs shall follow those who believe. We claim those signs for every one of these men and women. They're believers. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Every person in this church can be able to cast the devil out of you, be able to raise you from the dead, be able to pray healing with you, get you saved, Lord God, every person in this church, little warriors, ready to do the work of the Lord. Now, with your head bowed and your eye closed, you just keep remaining with the Lord. I want to ask a question. If you're away from God today, maybe you used to serve the Lord, but you've gotten separated from me. You. you say, Pastor, I'll just be honest, life happened. I used to love Jesus, but life has happened. Went through a divorce, or went through this, or this happened, or that happened. I, I'm... Man, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Friend, don't leave here like that. Why would you do that? You have an opportunity now to embrace the Lord. You say, oh, no, there's no way He could forgive me. You don't know what I've done. Friend, do you understand? The brand of Christ, forever branded for the last 2,000 years, is a man, God-man, stretched out on a cross, arms stretched out wide. In other words, always welcoming us. He could have been stabbed, he could have been drowned he could have been choked out but he died with his arms stretched out wide, forever branded I welcome you to myself there's nothing you can do that will separate you from his love come and receive from him today maybe you say pastor I've never been a Christian I like you guys your music was kind of cool you're kind of funny and silly um, and I kind of get it but I'll be honest with you I've never known Jesus but today something's, something's pulling on me that's your creator is what that is the one who created you wants you back He wants to know you. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give a call. If you want Jesus in your life, if you want to come back to the Lord or maybe make Him your Lord and Savior for the first time, I'd like to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to humiliate you. I'm not going to make you do anything but receive. I'm just going to help you receive. That's all I'm going to do. So if that's you, what I'm talking about is you said, man, that's me. That dude's talking about me right now. Then I want you to respond encouraged by lifting your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I want to be right with the Lord. Across the room. Quickly lift your hand. If you're away from God, God bless you, son. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, bro. Thank you for your honesty, man. So proud of it. Give you about five seconds. Say, Pastor, pray for me. It's time. It's time to come back to the Lord. It's time to be right with the Lord. I see it. You can put it back down. Anybody else? Thank you, sweetheart. Thanks for your honesty. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on. There's been a number of hands already. Two more seconds. I see it. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. May the Lord change you forever. Yep, I see it back there. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. I saw it. It's been almost eight, nine, ten of you tonight, today. That's powerful. The Bible says all the angels go crazy when one, when one person says, yeah, I need God. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of repentance. There's nothing magical about the words. What was supernatural is that you said, yeah, God's messing with me. I want him. I I want him in my life. And you lifted your hand. That was supernatural. Now we're just going to seal that with a period or an exclamation mark at the end of the sentence by a prayer of joining together, you and Jesus back together as one. In fact, I'd like everybody in the audience to pray this prayer out loud with you. Say it like this. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus, today, I surrender my life. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me from all the sin, all the guilt, and all the shame. In front of all these people. In front of heaven, I declare Jesus is my Lord. Teach me how to serve you. Teach me how to be like you. My life is in your hands. And I make you the Lord of my life. My destiny and my everyday walk. In Jesus' name. Would you just wait for a moment as I pray over you? Father, I pray over every man and woman in this room that lifted their hand. May they right now feel sense and know forgiveness. Lord, like a Like a hot oil just going down their spine. A comforting blanket that they know God's got them in his arms. That nothing, nothing can separate them from the love of Christ. They would know right now they're forgiven. They don't have to keep lifting their hand every Sunday and say, I need to repent. I said some, I did some sin. No, they're yours. Lord God, they're not sin committed anymore. They may be sin prone, but they're not committed to it anymore. And they love you. They're giving themselves to you. May they realize the power at work in them now in Jesus name. In Jesus' name, would you lift your hands with me across the room? Say this with me: Say Jesus. Go say it like you mean it. Jesus, I believe you are the God of miracles. I believe that you want to use me to bring miracles to my generation. I will not fear. I will not doubt. Strengthen me. Grow me in the supernatural. In Jesus' name, and everybody shouted. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand.